Hello everybody, this is Dan Grubb from Fantastic Books Gaming. Welcome to episode 9, I believe, that's right, yep. Episode 9 of the Fantastic Books Gaming podcast. Thanks very much for joining us again. Um, Okay, so what's happened since last Thursday? Well, the most important thing that's happened, of course, is that our Kickstarter to fund the initial run of the Gorgon's Loch, uh, our very first game, uh, came to a close on Tuesday. And I am extremely sad to report that it did not meet its target. Not by a long shot, actually. We were asking for £34,700, and uh, we ended up with just over 8000 at the end, uh, and a few thousand was thrown in right at the last minute by some legend as well, um, which, of course, for GDPR reasons, I'm not allowed to mention who. However, he became the 155th person to get us to £8,000, and uh, all 155 of you, I am extremely grateful and thankful for your support. The Gorgon's Lock project is not dead. The gaming division is not dead, so fear not. Um, the COVID-19 global pandemic has clearly took its toll on both customer confidence, uh, lots and lots of other Kickstarters, uh, including our own, sadly. So um, never mind. Uh, these things happen and we will carry on. Now, there's actually a positive to the whole UK lockdown at the moment. Uh, we're based here in the UK. We're all locked down by the government. We're not allowed to leave uh, apart from for some very specific reasons. So as a result, I've got a little bit more time on my hands. Now, in my schedule, because I'm also running a publishing house and, you know, and various other bits and bobs in the background, but... Uh, uh, in my in my schedule was lots and lots of time put aside to handle the uh, dealing with the producers and manufacturers and dealing with distribution and sending out surveys and everything else for the um, for the Kickstarter. Now, of course, the Kickstarter's failed, um, so all that time that I had set aside, I'm not going to. Um, uh, hand it over to other divisions of the business, or, although they are very busy. Uh, I'm simply going to use it to add more value to the next time we run this Kickstarter. So the Gorgon's Lock, when you next see it, will be all new and all improved. We've made a couple of huge improvements, actually. One of which is the uh, is is the is the um, removal of the double dial route for uh, keeping a track on action points and health points. Now, for those of you that know about the game. Um, Every single turn you roll for and then must use, if you can, all of your action points. Um, But you only roll for your health points once at the start of a scenario. And if you're not in combat losing... losing health points or you're not glugging health potions or under the influence of restorative magical scrolls, then... um, then uh, then the the right hand dial as it is the the one that keeps an eye on your health health point is rarely used now what that is on an engineering standpoint is the left hand dial will become worn out and knackered very quickly and the right hand dial will not well that's not great it's the only moving part in the gorgon's loch so we've decided to remove it completely. From going to Aircon, we saw dozens and dozens of games that in order to keep track of things like action points and health points, there's a sort of ladder system where you use a cube or a peg to, um, uh, to just to, just to place into a board to show how many action and health points you've got. Now, in the Gorgon's Lock, you have a maximum of 12 health points and a maximum of 12 action points. So it's actually not a massive engineering challenge to create a, a single board, a single character board, where you click your char- character card into it once you've chosen which character you're going to be, and then you use um, these cubes and the ladders 
to keep an eye on your action and health points. So that's what we're going to be doing going forward. Um, so that's one major change. Another major change is now we've got the time, we're going to be releasing the first edition of the Gorgon's Lock with many, many, many more scenarios. So at the moment, there's six scenarios um, making up the first campaign. But of course, those six scenarios only use their connected board game chips once. Well, I'm the creator and writer behind the Gorgon's Lock, and I also designed the Storm system, so I'm intimately connected with what the system can do and what the narrative and background lore of the Gorgon's Lock universe is. So I've decided to utilize the lockdown time I've got dedicated to fulfilling the Kickstarter um, to instead obviously prepare for the next Kickstarter, which I'm hoping will go live roughly August time, when hopefully the vast majority of this will have all blown over. Um, and uh, between now and then, I'm going to be adding more and more and more scenarios. Of course, that does mean the campaign book's going to get a little thicker so that our unit cost is going to get a few, uh, a few, a few pennies more. But it shouldn't substantially increase the cost of the thing. And I am determined to keep the retail price to around £30 uh, in order to make it accessible for everyone. So that's news on the Gorgon's Lock Kickstarter. Um, I, I obviously I, I'm uh, unhappy that it didn't make the target, but it's not the end of the world, and it's been an amazing journey. We've been a, on a very steep learning curve when it comes to uh, marketing and promoting um, uh, things into the uh, 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 into the world of board game and board games and tabletop games. Um, one thing I would say, uh, I'd be I'd be really really interested to get some feedback on this, guys. Um, if you want to jump into the podcast uh, or uh, obviously into our social media channels because they're all there in the in the description of the podcast let me know what the difference is between a board and tabletop game um i've seen games referred to as both by different people um there are some very obvious games that simply have a single board that i assume are board games there are also very very complex games that tend to spread far and wide with hundreds and hundreds of different chits and sliders and things and they tend to be referred to as tabletop games but i would love to know the difference uh, rather than just going ahead and googling it and getting a million other answers i'd love to know what you guys think is the main difference between a board and a tabletop game um we've got a gaming division we're going to be releasing i assume both but at the moment, um, we've had people call the Gorgon's Lock a board game. We've had people call the Gorgon's Lock a tabletop game. Um, of course, it has card elements, magic elements. It also has dice rolling, card collecting. Um, it, we're moving chip. We're, we're moving moving standees around the place. Um, we've got combat. We've got searching. There's also uh, strategy involved in things like trading. Um, so it's it's got all sorts of different aspects to the game and quite a lot of subtleties for the more seasoned gamer. So it isn't just a kind of beginner's introductory level game, although that's obviously where we're pitching it to get people to put their Monopoly, etc. away uh, and, and jumping to the wider world of board gaming. Speaking of the wider world of board gaming, I am still yet to play my first run of Gloomhaven, but I did see a massive Gloomhaven setup at Aircon and it was extremely impressive. Uh, so I can't wait to get stuck into that. And I have to offer huge, huge, huge congratulations to the team behind Gloomhaven because um, I believe approximately a day and a half, maybe two days ago at the time of recording this, they released uh, the much-anticipated, I guess it's an expansion, but it's a standalone game in itself, to Gloomhaven, Frosthaven. Um, they're asking for, I think, £450,000, possibly dollars, um, and the last time I checked, which is about an hour ago, um, it, they, they'd just broken the $5 million barrier. So absolutely incredible, guys. Well done. There's 40,000 people backing. So um, it, just imagine, 
just imagine that the the amount of guest designers and and the cartographer they've got on board as well and it's just it's a fantastic project it looks to be an incredible game and i hope that i'll have time to to play it um you know, before this time next year, for example, um, it would be amazing. So yeah, Gloomhaven owners, um, come and hunt me down following the lockdown. I am desperate to play a game of Gloomhaven. I don't own a copy myself, but I know there's a lot of copies in the local area. So it's quite frustrating knowing that there's people out there playing it right now. And I've got all this time on my hands in the lockdown. Um, so yes, congratulations to the Gloomhaven team. Congratulations to the head designer and, uh, congratulations on the Frosthaven Kickstarter success. You guys have 29 days to go, so I think you're probably going to be breaking all sorts of records. I believe you've already broken the record for the fastest and most uh, sort of voraciously funded uh, gaming Kickstarter, and it may well be heading toward the uh, most Kickstarted game of all time. Um, you're going to have to go some to get past Star Citizen. I can't remember, because the, the computer game Star Citizen, I can't remember the, um, the exact figures now, but they they raised crazy money and continue to via other non-Kickstarter means. Um, but yeah, huge, huge congratulations to the to the Gloomhaven and, and Frosthaven teams. Um, the game looks incredible. The mechanics look amazing. The uh, the base building aspects is just, it's just inspired, absolutely inspired. So uh, yeah, really well done, really well done. Always, always a pleasure to see another game doing really, really well. Uh, and hopefully, who knows? I mean, we're, we're, we're essentially quite, small fry at the moment uh, this being our very first game we've just failed to bring to market via kickstarter uh first time but we will definitely be coming back i'm hoping around august time um and we're just doing various things now like setting up a landing page on the fantastic bookstore so that you guys can head over there and you can drop in your details and send us some notes on what you thought of the campaign and the game <laughs> please do forgive the comedy farmland noises in the background by the way um, my wife my dear wife gabby is putting um our two and a half year old lacy to bed um so in order to get this thing recorded and out in time for thursday evening uh, i have retreated to the garden we're very lucky to have a garden here at lilac tree farm and uh and and there's um there's lots of stables next door so we keep getting the odd horse whinny and you know owl hoot and various things it's i i don't mind at all and i'm not going to bother trying to edit it out it is what it is this is where we live and I feel extremely privileged to be out here in the countryside in the middle of East Yorkshire during this lockdown. And think of all all, all you guys out there locked away in your places too. Um, stay safe, guys. The COVID-19 thing is extremely serious, as I'm sure you know, are well aware of by now. Uh, keep washing your hands um, and uh, just keep keep doing what you're doing. It's uh, it, it seems to be having an effect, albeit a small one so far. Uh, these things take time to to have an effect. So keep social distancing, keep washing your hands and keep safe. So that's it for episode nine of the Fantastic Books Gaming Podcast, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the little insight into what happens when a Kickstarter doesn't work. Uh, this was our seventh and it's our first to have failed. So it's quite an odd feeling. But we're like I say, we are brand spanking new on the scene and we've never tried marketing to the board and tabletop gaming communities before. So um, uh, we've definitely learned a lot of lessons. And I think most importantly, we've made some really, really good friends and people who are genuinely passionate and genuinely understand what we're trying to do and what we're trying to bring to market. So um, this time, hopefully in August time, maybe a little earlier if this thing blows over earlier, maybe a little later 
to depending on planning etc but we're hoping to get on board with a couple of big companies and we plan to bring you the Gorgon's Lock um, the Gorgon's Lock sorry much bigger much better and much more involved and I'll be spending the next couple of months adding value upon value upon value to the product so enjoy we will be doing some playthroughs and stuff uh, over the course of the next few weeks of course because I'm, I'm stuck here so in the evenings I, I, there's going to be time for a few playthroughs here and there although you may get bored of seeing the same people playing over and over again but we're reasonably lucky we've got five people here at the farm and four of them are capable of playing and the other one is capable of chewing the board pieces because she's only two and a half and that's what two and a half year olds do but uh, yeah I'm sure there'll be playthroughs with me and Penny or me and George uh, me and Gabby potentially if we can convince my parents to do a bit of childcare. so yeah all good fun thanks very much for listening to episode nine of the fantastic books gaming podcast stay safe out there everybody wash your hands you filthy animals and i'll catch you next week thanks again for all your support for the kickstarter guys we all really appreciate it lots of love peace out